Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. We got a green postcard today, okay? We're in Canada. We are with Nicole Meister. And I'm so glad to have her here because we are going to talk about empaths. Why do we suck up other people's emotions and drama and trauma like a suck straw? Just, you know, it, and it becomes our own. It totally does, yeah. What can we do to process this? How can we use that as fuel? Mm-hmm. How can we overcome and adapt? I was just talking to a girlfriend a few minutes ago and she goes, April, I'm depressed. Oh, it just ran chills down my spine. And I said, you know why you're depressed? She said, why? I said, because you're owning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to fight against the machine. So Nicole is going to talk about the great work that she does there in Canada with individuals. We're going to have some fun facts and we're going to figure out how to turn this into fuel. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Awesome. Thank you, April. So excited to be here. This is amazing. I know. I'm glad to have you. I love Canada. You know, I used to work in Canada. That was my territory once upon a time. I covered everywhere from Ontario uh, to Banff, to Winnipeg, to Calgary. Now, what part of Cal- uh, Canada are you in? We are in BC, um, close to Vancouver, just about 30 minutes outside of Vancouver. I like it right there. There's a beautiful temple. There's a, a Buddhist temple and there's a Muslim mosque right there at the border. Yes. When you cross over and it is majestic brains. And I have went in there and burned a mini incense in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so it's us, definitely uh, a blending pot. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, boy, that's a story and a half right there, April. But I think really, you know, I think like a lot of women, I come from a background of oh trauma and a lot of difficult lived experiences that have taught me some really intense and sometimes very difficult lessons about life and about who we are also as women moving through this world um, and how that can be such an uphill battle some days. Um, But it can also be such a beautiful thing. And it wasn't until late in life that I actually figured out that I was an empath. Um, That word hadn't been a part of my vocabulary because I was raised in the generation of children should be seen and not heard. So conversations about feelings and things like that didn't happen in our house, Mm. right? So not really having that clear sense of who I am and also how to connect to the things I was feeling was really hard and really impact how I moved through the world until probably my mid thirties. Wow. Yeah. Are you married? Do you have children? I am divorced happily and I have one adult son um, and I did the whole single parent thing for about 16, 17 years, Wow! Um, which, you know, brought with it its own challenges as well. 
And being an empath in that situation too, trying to deal with my own emotional um, upheaval and healing following the divorce and also trying to support a young child uh, through that process was really, really difficult. Um, and I actually ended up suppressing a lot of who I was uh, for most of his upbringing because it was so much for him that it was causing him massive upheaval trying to go to school and all of those kinds of things where he was like under the desk crying for hours. So a lot of who I was got pushed down, right? So I've had probably close to 40 years of all of who I am being squashed down. And it's now kind of this no more, right? You know? I want to be me and I need to express who I am and I need to be able to share who I am fully with the people that are in my life. What was your aha moment? What opened that container? Uh, I think there comes a time for everybody. And I think it's different uh, where it just feels like that's it. Like I've had enough. My frustration is beyond my capacity to cope anymore. And I started to become, I recognizing I think that I was really angry really hurt really frustrated and really tired of having to do all that work to make everybody else feel okay while I was just hurting and falling apart inside right yeah so this one day you said you know what enough's enough That's enough and what did you do what was what was your first action item I mean okay you came to the realization now yeah. you gotta put in the work yeah and that's the hard part right uh, and part of it was getting clearer about who I wanted to be in the work I do. So I've, I think this is career number three for me, um, where I'm now actually a counselor. Uh, and I used to be the person at all the job sites where everybody would come and tell all their problems. And I'm like, you know, everybody wants to talk my ear off. Maybe I should think about getting paid for that. <laughs> right. And so it was really about, okay, I'm good at listening. I'm good at supporting people through different situations. Let's formalize that. So I kind of made that move on a professional side. On a personal side, it was more, you know, understanding that my son was now at an age where it was okay for him to see when I was getting angry and frustrated so I could express my emotion a little bit more. But then it was also connecting to supports in the community. So, um, you know, doing different things for myself, whether it's my body, getting a massage, you know, allowing some of the energy to move through blocks, blockages to be released through my body, but then also finding people who were in alignment with what I value and what I believe to kind of help me figure things out and, and introduce me to new ideas about how to cope with stuff. Right. right. You have to find your tribe brains. You <laughs> totally do. You got, totally you got do. To beat the drum. You got to beat <laughs> the drum and they, and people will come, they will flock to you. Absolutely. They will flock to you when you have that aura resonating from your pores people just come to you you know it's like sometimes I'll vet people for the show and they go oh my god I can't believe I was ready to do this and you know up popped your your message or you know we're having a conversation or I've never done this before and I'm ready to step out so you have to be a risk taker and being an empath it's kind of dangerous you know because I was empathic I wouldn't consider myself a total empath because I do set very strong boundaries, okay? Right. I will pump your brakes uh, in a minute, okay? <laughs> and I don't do everything for everybody. I allow you to have ownership. I'm a good delegator. 
but I recognize and I reward, I reward for effort. Right. Um, you know, you may not get it 110%, but at least the fact that you try. But when I found myself being empathic, maybe I had mine a little confused because sometimes I was overly sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was uh, the super giver. Yeah. You know, I've got uh, some family members right now that would call and think I was their ATM. And I'd give it to them because I know that they need it. Right. But when is it that you are going to do the work for yourself? And so I had to say, you know what, Let, let's look at this. How is this serving me? So I started getting rid of things that no longer served me. How did you start establishing boundaries, Nicole? Absolutely. And I think that's a really great distinction you bring up, April, is that empathic, um, you know, there's a high degree of empathy in about 20% of the population, but true empaths, so the people who actually feel other people's feelings and feel other people's physical symptoms only constitutes about one to 2% of the population. So it's not a huge thing. And there are actual differences in the way the brain is wired for empaths versus those who are highly empathic. And those differences are really what dictates how we take things in and how come it feels so overwhelming sometimes, right? So for me, like going to, I had a Christmas party Friday night that I had to go to for work. Um, It was only maybe... A dozen of us at the party but we were out at a restaurant it was very noisy very crowded and literally yesterday I was just like nope that's it I'm not doing anything other than sitting on the couch cuddling my puppy and doing some typing and stuff but nothing heavy duty because I was done right? right and that's because of all of that energy coming in and even when you have boundaries even energetic boundaries it's still a lot because it's just like constantly bouncing off of you Mm-hmm. It is. It is. How do we turn that uh, into fuel? Well, I mean, there's the great thing about being an empath is building relationships is very easy um, because we have a strong desire to care for, nurture, um, and give to other people. Uh, the challenge is is not an overgiving, right? And we have more difficult receiving, right? So it's easier for me to say, April, what do you need today? What can I do? I got a laundry list. You ready? (laughs) Okay. I don't do laundry. No, (laughs) Uh, so there's my boundary. Um, But you know, it's, it's the thing where we're really good at saying that, but we're really uh, challenged at asking for help. And I think this is the piece that empaths really need to embrace to be able to come into their own is to ask for the help when they need it, to get the support they need when they need it. Um, and not being afraid to find, like you said, beating our drums and finding our tribe mm-hmm. to really support us through um, embracing who we are. Give us five uh, defining indicators if you feel that you are an empath. Oof, there's a lot. Um, I would say one, if if crowds overwhelm you, uh, you feel overstimulated, you feel fatigued and and your energy is kind of sucked away, that's a really clear indication that there's probably a high degree of empathy and possibly that you are an empath. Um, If you are unable to separate your own emotions from other people's emotions, that's usually an empath trait. Uh, Sometimes you will experience sympathy pains, you know, if so, if you're feeling what somebody else beside you is feeling physically, so 
Um, I, for example, sometimes pick up the pain that my family members are feeling um, in their bodies. Like uh, my stepdad had surgery and I could feel the throbbing of the pain in his knee. He had knee surgery, right? So if you can actually physically feel that, chances are you're an empath, right? Um, the other thing is, yeah, I think if you're sitting beside somebody and all of a sudden you feel overwhelmed with their emotion, that's an empath thing as well. Right. Okay, so now friends, there's a difference between being a hypochondriac and being an empath, okay? So did you hear that? She gave you some clear uh, definitions and some things to look for. And there's nothing wrong with it. I love a sweet, empathetic person, but that is not a marshmallow. And you don't let people run all over you, you know? And I don't think that that might be something that you want to wear around your neck as a necklace. Oh, hi, I'm an empath. A lot of times people don't understand what that is from the get-go. That's why I had her explain it. They don't know how to utilize that as a gift. To be an empath is also to be very intuitive. Absolutely. It is also a way of discernment in the Bible. You have to be able to uh, be able to discern the people around you. You feel their energy. Is it a good spirit? Is it a bad spirit? Is it overwhelming? Is it manipulative? So when you are going through this and you're taking in this information, I would suggest to you is that you have like a little buckets. Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? Let me let me edit and filter. Let me sort some of this stuff out. Is this person just, you know, are they sad? Are they depressed? Or are they just mean spirited? You know, is this person really in need or are they trying to manipulate me you have to take the time to catch your breath and use your common sense which is not very common anymore okay <laughs> and so something empaths struggle with too i would say april because i think that's where we get into a lot of trouble is we're so connected to the emotion and what we're feeling that we're not taking the time to assess what's behind that and that's why we get in trouble especially with narcissists Right, we are a narcissist magnet, man. They will find you out of a crowd. They will, but what we also have to do is we have to have a little mental checklist. Have I been to this place before? Have I traveled down this road? Are these some of the same symptoms and characteristics that this person or people that I've had in my life that have misused or mistreated me? Have they done that before? Because, you know, just take, for example, a nice, single, beautiful woman like you, Nicole. You know, you've got this dapper down narcissist. Here he comes. And he sees that big million dollar smile and you're wearing your necklace to say empath. You know, you're just right for the pickings. Yep. So we have to be able to stop and say, mm, I don't know, is this good? How does this really feel to me? Work with a trained person like Nicole that has not only walked the walk, she talks the talk. But she has been there and she understands the emotion that it takes. Because again, like you said, it could be draining. Now, as you said, raising a young man, mm -hmm. a single mother, girl, that's work. Okay. Yep. I, I get it. So how are you navigating the landscape of single motherhood? Because brains, this is my opinion. It's hard for a woman to raise a man. 
I would agree 100%. You want him to be strong. You want him to be independent. You want him to, you know, be able to beat his chest and all that. You want him to be compassionate. But he's looking at his mother that's struggling. He's not seeing his father day to day. You know, the role models, the influences of social media, these cotton picking video games, all of this is, you know, bouncing inside of his head. How were you able to navigate that? That was tough. It was. And, you know, I think <laughs> it it's one of those things where you go, you have great intentions when you start right. and you have a plan. Uh, and it doesn't always pan out that way, right? Um, he was quite a sensitive being himself. I think he has a little bit of the empath in him as well. Um, so also raising a sensitive guy is hard because he's already at war within himself about the pressure of being a manly man. Right, 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 right. And right. being this sensitive, emotional guy, right? And so how do I balance that? How do I help him see that actually that emotion um, and his ability to connect to that emotion is actually a great strength for him. Um, but also he, my guy's a, a big guy. He's over six feet. He's a couple hundred pounds, mm. you know? And so being a woman as well, it's making him mindful of his size and how important it is for him not to use his strength against others in a way that could get him also in trouble, right? So for him, you know, anytime we had engagement, it was always a lesson of, you know, if I say, no, I'm done, you need to stop, you know, building that into his brain that, you know, right, no, means right. no and respecting other people's limits. Because right? it, it could morph into a bully mentality. Absolutely. And then how do you reverse that? Exactly. And then that, that, that bully turns into an aggressor yeah. <laughs> and then you have to hit him with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you, you know you don't want to do that you don't want to teach children aggression but it is the animal kingdom it's the human being kingdom and we can't be marshmallows no you know i i totally understand that i don't i never wanted my daughter to be aggressive either but i did want her to be able to defend herself absolutely and I think that's what I came up with too, is, you know, same thing. He needs to be able to stand up for himself, be the man he wants to be, be who he needs to be to move through the world, but also in a way that's not dominating and power over others, right? And words way. are powerful. Absolutely. You don't have to physically put your hands on somebody to destroy the very fiber of their being. Yeah. You know, that constant barrage of negativity and, you know, uh, lack of worthiness and lack of support all of those things and if you're empathic on top of that that just can have you spiraling out of control totally yeah so now you find yourself in this great space mm -hmm. okay you're in a really good space now you're smiling you're bubbly mm -hmm. you're happy but you still have these empathic traits yeah how do you how do you manage that I think the nice thing about the journey that I'm on and what I'm trying to bring to other empaths is learning to accept those empathic traits and being able to see the gift that they are, you know, being able to forge relationships really easily. I mean, shoot, I go to pick up dinner at like a restaurant and I've got the guy in line telling me his story and, and I'm just like, okay, you know, and 
you know, I'll add some words of encouragement, but you know, it's going, okay, thank you for sharing, but also not taking that on. Right. So then being able to turn around and say, you know, obviously he had stuff going on for him today. I'm glad I could be there for him, but I don't need to carry his baggage. I don't need to carry his story with me. I'm still my own person. And I think that's the bigger piece is learning to set, even if it's a slightly porous boundary, but a more clear boundary that doesn't let everything through and doesn't become so heavy and so overwhelming. And sometimes just shut it down. Yeah. I, I, okay. People know me. They <laughs> absolutely. And I'm, I'm so grateful and they just love to talk to me, but I had a situation Nicole, mm. and it's still eating at my heart. Mm-hmm. I had to get rid of a friend of, and I got to thinking about that. And I said, you know, I feel like I'm being mistreated in a way. Was it my expectation that this person should do these things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because friends are people that you choose to be in your life. Absolutely. This is not, you know, it's not your family. You know, it's not your mom, your dad, or your cousin Bob. You don't have any control of that. But when you say that someone is a friend, you have weaved together the fibers of your union good, bad, indifferent, and you say, I'm with you, ride or die. Yeah. So a situation came up, someone, uh, something happened, and I reached out to him. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm really in a bad way. Never asked me what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Never, and it hurt me. It hurt me to the core, to where I said, you know what? This is not reciprocal. And I bring all this to the forefront because, again, with friendships and relationships, it needs to serve you. It needs to make you feel good. If you give that person your last $20, you will feel good because you know that you help them. You know, it's important. Uh, You give someone a kidney. I had two coworkers. One came in the other day and she said, what's wrong? The other one said, I need a kidney. She says, okay. And believe it or not, they were a perfect match. Oh my gosh. 35, no, they're about 25 years in age difference. She just gave her a body part to continue her life. That is amazing. And so when we think about these things, we have to also, yes, you're taking on all this energy, but what am I going to do with it? Am I going to do like Nicole? Am I going to pour into other individuals and help them figure out Uh, how they're going to, you know, get from point A to point B, or are they just going to sit there in their ashes and their dust? What is it that they're going to do? And I commend you because again, that what you're doing is also work. You're taking on this energy, you're processing it, you're sending it back out. You know, you're trying not to hold on to it. You're trying to help (laughs) somebody work through, you know, you're doing a very delicate dance and I commend you for that. I do. And I think you hit on a lot of really great points there, April, because, you know, one of the things that I think, regardless of whether you're an empath or not, when it comes to boundaries, whether it's energetic boundaries or, you know, verbal relationship boundaries, whatever that looks like, we all come from needing to kind of understand the same kind of steps to get Mm -hmm. through that process. And it all starts with you, like knowing who you are and knowing what you want and how you want to be treated. At the end of the day, if you don't have a good sense of that, 
uh, you can be trying to put boundaries up all over the place, but they're going to be wishy-washy and unclear. Um, and this and is that the, was the term that was the term that she used with me. She goes, oh, you know, I'm wishy-washy. Mm. And when she said that, that kind of like at 61, baby, I need consistency. <laughs> <laughs> I can't bake a cake and not put in the baking powder because it won't rise. Oh, absolutely. So when people tell you who they are, as Maya Angelou says, the first time, I suggest you believe them. Yeah. Because people know who they are. Exactly. So I'm going to fast forward and ask you, who are you? If you were an appliance in the kitchen, Ooh. Ooh. what appliance would you be? I feel like it'd be a stand mixer. Really? Yeah. Well, I like the idea of having like different attachments, you know what I mean? I like where it. I can do different things in different situations. So you want to be like a kitchen aide? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I feel like I have different hats, right? I do different jobs. Okay. So like, kind of like that, kind of like that mixer where like sometimes you're mixing a pasta dough and sometimes you're mixing a cake. You need a different paddle for that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to be the refrigerator today. Because I just want to chill. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then, you know what? If it's not good, I'll stick you in the freezer. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> we'll thaw it out later. Um, what's your superpower, Nicole? For me, I think it really is that um, the listening side of the the empath and the the willingness to be open to conversation and sharing uh, lived experiences with other people. Uh, I think because I want, and maybe this becomes, you know, from a place of, I didn't have a lot of connection growing up and I didn't have a lot of, you know, somebody saying, Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's crappy. And I went through stuff like that too. Maybe that's what I feel like I needed. And so I feel like I want to give that to other people and give them the space where it's like oh yeah dude I I feel that I resonate with what you're saying and maybe we come from different cultures or different specific experiences but how it made you feel underneath I get that mm -hmm. right and I totally connect with that and you know what you're not alone in that journey absolutely I agree yeah. I agree what makes you laugh oh gosh uh not enough I will say that um, and that is the piece that I'm trying to embrace with my empath too, is having more fun yeah. uh, because I'm a very serious, I mean, I've been a very serious girl from a very young age um, with having to do pretty much everything from the age of seven. Um, I was cooking, cleaning, getting myself to and from school, homework, all the rest, all on my own, right? So for me, I think I lost a lot of that fun and that's the piece I think I'm still trying to find. But I do love me a good girls night out, you know, dropping the the social work hat that I have of, you know, advocacy and social justice and sometimes just laughing at the most inappropriate things just to go, oh, yeah, I'm still human. Oh, good. So that's like a good Netflix binge. On a that too. Night, yeah. If you could travel through time and space, mm -hmm. any period, where would you land? <laughs> 
my gosh. Now you're really stimulating my juices because I love the idea of going back in time to different times. Mm. I would love to be back in Egyptian times for a period, like a, a quick visit and check out that stuff. And like, how did you do all of these things? And Bye. oh my gosh. Um, I would love to hit some of the middle ages and stuff too. I would love to go back pre all of that and um, see how some of the indigenous cultures here on uh, North America, you know, kind of developed. And I mean, that just fascinates the heck out of me and how all of these different civilizations started and then came together. It just like, whoo, exactly. you hit my sweet spot here, April. I think I would, I would go to the future. Yeah. <laughs> all this other stuff just kind of is exhausting. Because I already, <laughs> you know, I could read a book on that, but I want to see what's going on in 3030. Oh, I wanna I'm almost fashion. afraid. I want to see. I want to see if they're still doing corn rolls. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see what kind of you know dresses they're wearing. I want to see if they're still worried about the ignorance that we hear now about your, the color of your skin. Yeah, what is right to choose? The political climate, uh, <sighs> being greedy and not having enough. What are they doing in thirty thirty? Yeah. So I think I'm a little afraid of what that might look like, April. I feel like oh, honey, I'm the not, trajectory I'm not, we're on, we might just be all exploded. Oh, you, you know what? But it's going to be a whole new thing because <laughs> these millennials, that's why I say all these political people, ooh, I don't want them to die. I don't want anybody to die, but I want them to be gone because I want a whole fresh new set of ideas, goals, aspirations, you know. It, yeah. It's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Are we even going to be human? We're all going to be AI, you know. Don't tell <laughs> her how we're going to make love. We might make love just touching each other's foreheads. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be different. So what would you say to uh, yourself at the age of 20 years old? Mm. Go back in time. What conversation would you have with Nicole? I think I would tell Nicole then about being an empath because... I had sort of an inkling in my 20s. Uh, I started to refer to myself as a, an emotional barometer because what I was noticing is I wasn't just feeling what I was feeling when I was at work, for example. I was feeling what everybody else was feeling. And really, I kind of, it was like, ooh, things are going on here. My temperature's rising and I'm feeling like, whoa, there's a lot and it's really heavy. And I think I would really want to have a better understanding at that point that this is what this is. This is, you know, being an empath, you're feeling all of this stuff. And what you actually need to start doing now is building those boundaries and setting up some of that. So you're not taking all of that in. Because April, I was in tears mm. every day at work for probably 10 years. Wow. Right. Because I was just taking on so much of everybody else's stuff. And it was just so overwhelming. Wow. And you didn't deserve that. You really and didn't. nobody deserves that. No. Right? What's on your bucket list? Ooh, bucket list is all about travel, baby. Yeah? Yeah. Come to San Diego. I see the white people here. This is America's yeah. finest city. Yes, it is. I've been, and it is beautiful. It's Loved beautiful. it. But you haven't been with me. You're talking about laughing and having fun. You won't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. Teach well, me how to laugh again. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing yeah. your love, your light, your wisdom, your yeah. empathic uh, abilities your intuitiveness. Um, I'm glad that you 
have again tuned your barometer. <laughs> you know, you know how to turn it up, turn it down, turn it off, or even deal with it. Because yeah. sometimes you want to be that person. Sometimes yeah. you want to take on the environment, you know, but it's about having a balance. And again, brains, learning what it is that serves you. That's not selfish. What is it that serves you? And whatever doesn't serve you, it will hurt. It will sting. But you have to let it go. Yep. Absolutely. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. I'd love for them to have a conversation with you, brain. She's in Canada. That has nothing to do with her connecting with you. It's just a point and a click and a Zoom call away. Absolutely. So we are on Facebook as Embodied Empath. We have a support group there. Um, we are also reachable by text at 604-807-7600. And you can also catch me on email, Nicole at embodiedempath.net. Reach out and touch your brains. Get a big squeeze. Tell <laughs> you, she'll feel, she'll feel it. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. I need you to go in and do some homework. What is that homework? Like, love, share, and subscribe. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Get an A, okay? For the first three people, a special offer. That sign up either with Nicole, me, uh, sign up on my YouTube channel, my Facebook. I'm going to enter you in a drawing for something really nice. And people that know me know that I come with the real deal. So I'm looking so forward to that. I'm looking forward to one day meeting you, hugging you, talking to you. Uh, I feel your energy. I just get goose pimples because I know that it's a good place. It's a good space. Brains, do the very best that you can to take care of yourself and understand who you are. That's half the battle. If you know who you are, you know what you're dealing with, and then you can get better. Thanks so much for being here on the edge with us, Nicole. You're the best. Thank you so much, April. Take care. All right. Bye, Brains. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.